Good morning, this is John Murphy coming to you from Lorain, Ohio, 89.1 FM radio. Power 89.1 radio. And so happy you tuned in this morning on this beautiful December morning. And uh, here in the station with Wanda Ewing. Good morning, Wanda, our radio station engineer. Good morning. And my good friend and assistant, David Abu. Good morning, John. Good to be here. Good to be here is right. You know, it's... Uh, it's a great time of the year, you know. We love Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah. Going towards Christmas and then the New Year. I like that sequence. Yeah. Because we look back and give thanks to God for everything He's done in our life. Absolutely. And then we're reminded that this is a visited planet that yes. God became yeah. Emmanuel. Yes. He just didn't stay uh -huh. out remote, you know, what we call transcendent, away from the earth, but He drew near, mm -hmm. uh, became in human flesh, and of course the name Emmanuel means God with us. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking about that as we mm -hmm. approach Christmas. And even looking at the prophecies, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, prophecies that predicted his birth. We're going to look at it a couple of weeks down the road. And uh, then, of course, New Year. Because yeah. of Thanksgiving, because of New Year, because of Christmas in the middle, we go into a brand new year. We kind of yeah. recharged and re, 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 uh, reestablishing our priorities. But anyhow, we're glad you tuned in this morning. Like I said, this is 89.1 FM radio. If you'd like to give us a call, Anything you'd like to add to the show, question, or an insight, 440-399-3044. That's 440-399-3044. If you'd like to live stream us, www.wnzn.org, www.wnzn.org. Uh, so, Wanda and David, the past couple of weeks we've been talking about numbers in the scripture. Mm -hmm. and you know, it, it says that God has actually numbered the stars in the heavens, but he's also the number of the very hairs on our head, yeah. yes. uh, which is interesting. <laughs> you know, the heavens above and right into our own, the crown of our head. Yes. But it, it, it does talk to the fact of God's precision. And, you know, you look all around in nature, you know, from the galaxies to the, the circuitry of the planets and the moon and the sun. Mm -hmm. It's all based on mathematical formulation, yeah. mm -hmm. as well as our DNA, as well as nature itself. And... Somebody's well said that the language of science is mathematics. Mm. It really is, because 2 plus 2 equals 4 mm -hmm. in Cleveland, Ohio, or in Bangkok, Thailand, or in Cairo, yeah. or in Brazil. You know, it's all, there's, there's a real, it's probably as close as we come to perfection in the natural world as you can come mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. in terms of a science. But when you look at the Word of God, um, what, what is noticed is that there's patterns. Well, we, we know that there's patterns, of course, in the, in the festivals of Israel, we look yeah. at the seven feasts. We know that there's patterns in the Gospel of John, mm -hmm. in the seven I.M. statements of Jesus. We looked at the seven miracles. The book of Revelation is loaded with patterns, a number of patterns. So we've been focusing on that uh, the past couple of weeks. We looked at the number one and two, yeah. three, four. And right. It's just the number five today. And it's one of the reasons I enjoy doing this study is because it gives people an easy way to remember uh, scriptural truths. Yes, it does. Truths. Yeah, we were talking about uh, that the last show. We're not looking like right. for secret meanings or mm -hmm. coded meanings yeah. necessarily, but yeah. the idea that there are certain patterns that when you look at them, there's something unique about the number seven or the number three, how it applies to God, or the number 12, how it applies to, to government, you know, the mm -hmm. 12 tribes of Israel or the 12 apostles were chosen. And when you do multiples of that and you get to 144 or 144,000, it has a certain significance. So I thought we'd pick up again, David, is on the number five. Right. And I know you've been doing some research on this. 
Sure. Uh, to establish just some of the background. Of yeah. Five. So in general, uh, five signifies humanness, weakness, man's limitations, dependence, man's insufficiency in himself, and death. And, uh, you know, uh, I always like to go back to the creation for the fifth day. The number five is significant because God continues his creation of the world and the living creatures that occupy it, as we see in Genesis 1, 20 through 22. On the fifth day, God said, I command the ocean to be full of living creatures, and I command birds to fly above the earth. So God made the giant sea monsters and all the living creatures that swim in the ocean. He also made every kind of bird. God looked at what he had done and said it was good. Then he gave the living creatures his blessing. He told the ocean creatures to live everywhere in the ocean and the birds to live everywhere on earth. So that, that, that's how I started my, uh, my research with the creation. So you opened it up by saying the number five often indicates man's insufficiency or man's right. limitations, so yeah. to speak. Mm -hmm. But the flip side of that is also an indication of God's grace. Yes. Because we're limited. We can only go so far. We require God's grace mm -hmm. or God's favor. Mm -hmm. And you see that. I mean, we are limited in a sense about the world around us. But God has given us the five senses uh, to look, you know, to touch, taste, yeah. feel, see, and hear the world around us, as well as five fingers and five fingers, five right. toes, five, five toes, toes to, right. to work and to move upon this planet. Mm -hmm. um, but he's also shown us that it, it's required, is grace is required. And that's yeah. why this whole thing, you'll see the number five, somebody has well-defined grace, the acronym for grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. Mm -hmm. And you see this time and again, in the scripture when God bestows grace or favor on man. For example, in Genesis chapter 15, when God is going to do the covenant yeah. with Abraham and gives him all these promises, he tells him to make a special sacrifice. And in verse 9, he says to Abraham, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Five animals, mm -hmm. and he's going to cut yeah. And, and he puts Abraham in a deep sleep, and God goes through this. Mm -hmm. It's what they call a, a, a cutting a covenant. It's a very uh, powerful imagery here going on. Yeah. But there's five animals involved in this when right. God bestows grace and promise on the person of Abraham. And so you'll see this kind of, I know that you did some work on the temple, which is the temple in the tabernacle yeah. in the Old Testament. Of course, was a place where God would dwell. He said right. in Exodus chapter 25 to Moses, "Now build me a tabernacle or a tent. I'm going to dwell with you." Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the number five then would represent God's grace is seen through the structure of the tabernacle in the wilderness. So, is are you saying then that because He came down to dwell with us, He's showing us His grace, even yeah, though we were sinful people? Certainly. Yeah. Okay. So we'll make that clear. But then. You, you see the number five present throughout the tabernacle design. The pillars were five cubits apart and five cubits high. The brazen altar was five cubits by five cubits. There were five pillars at the end of the holy place. The sides of the tabernacle were reinforced by five bar on each side. That's in Exodus 26, 26 through 27. Now, cubit, John, isn't that the fourth finger to the elbow? Right. So, right. so that, that that's how God started math with us, mm -hmm. because right. He told He told uh, He told them that okay, this is how you measure the cubit. So, isn't that was that the first time that God gave us some measurement? Yeah, cubit. Well, of course, you see the cubit yeah. with Noah's Ark. Well, sure. It was yeah. Specific, uh -huh. and then uh, 
He'll use like the span, the you know, fingers across, mm -hmm. the span. But the cubit is a popular measurement. Right. That men, you know, they're out building something and mm -hmm. they didn't require yardsticks and all that. They could actually use their 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 arms, it, so to speak. You know. Yeah, and then if you go further, I mean, just just look at how. Um, how the pattern keeps reemerging. Also, make the crossbars of acacia wood five for the frames on one side of the tabernacle, five for those on the other, and five for the frames on the west at the far end of the tabernacle. So he's even doing north, south, east, mm -hmm. and west. Right. So, so then we're back. You know, it's just okay. interesting. Yeah, how he builds upon the patterns he's given them. But the fact that five is 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 all the way through the tabernacle yes. construction uh -huh. measurements. And again, I'm, I was quoting from Exodus 25, verse 8, where it mm -hmm. says, Let them, God's people, make a sanctuary or a dwelling, a tabernacle, that I might dwell with them. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a game changer. Mm. Why? Because in the book of Genesis, the previous book, yeah. God appears to his people. Remember, he's walking in the cool of the day with Adam. Right. He, he comes and he speaks with Noah. He gives him directions. He speaks with Abraham. Sometimes it says he comes down, he goes up, he mm. establishes. But he doesn't dwell with them. He makes an appearance, what we call like a cameo. It's called a theophany. Mm -hmm. It's a, an appearance of God. But when after he gets them out of slavery yeah. through the blood of the Lamb, mm -hmm. that's when he says, now I'm going to dwell with you. Just like us. Once yeah. we accept the blood of the Lamb, and we're cleansed by the blood of the Lamb through Jesus Christ suffering then the Holy Spirit comes and, and do what? Right, dwells well, us. us. So we become the tabernacle, yes. right, yeah. So what I'm getting at here, this is really the whole Christmas story. Ah, yeah. That God came to dwell Beautiful. with us. Yeah. All other religions, God is like remote. Mm -hmm. If there is a God at all, like in Buddhism, it's pretty much atheistic at its yeah. core. But in Islam or Hinduism, God is remote, he's transcendent. But the God of the Bible, he draws near, mm -hmm. even to the point of taking on a and so then when you see the number five yeah. all the way through like that, oh, yeah. you'll see that uh, this is very significant. Yeah. God's grace. And then you continue in 26. The inner covering of the tabernacle was composed of five curtains, which were attached to five other curtains for a total of ten. Mm. But, but then there were five original priests in Exodus 28.1 that would, you know, be around the tabernacle, having Aaron's brother brought to from the Israelites along with his sons, uh, Nadab, uh, Abihu, uh, Eleazar, and Ithamar. Mm -hmm. So they may serve as priests, five priests, five key priests. Mm. Yeah. 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 You'll All see the way that. through that pattern, yeah. Yeah, that, that pattern. And, you know, <clears throat> coming back to the Israelites, even when they leave Egypt, mm -hmm. it says they leave in ranks of five. Yeah. You know, they're, they're being exited. You know, that's God's grace is getting them out of there. And you'll see that again, yeah. like the feeding of 5,000. It's classic kind of a, the new Moses, so mm -hmm. to speak. And he's feeding. Well, it started with five loaves and then it turned into 5,000. And he makes right. them sit in groups of yeah. 50 or 100. Yeah. And there's a total of 5,000. Yeah. So you see the number five as God, through Jesus, gives gifts, gives bread, and gives everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, the necessary food to satiate their, their appetite and mm -hmm. hunger on their face. But you see this idea of five. When David confronts Goliath, yep. you know, he'll take five, five stones, stones. Five stones, stones. right. Uh, mm -hmm. To defeat the enemy, so right. to speak. And it's the same way when you come with Daniel chapter 2. Uh, you'll see, uh, I'll turn there, but the, the big thing there is these basic kingdoms that Daniel is talking about uh, that are upon the earth. And these are these are giant kingdoms back in the day where um, Daniel will say, 
you look at this one, you look at the, and he interprets the dream and he shows that this is Assyria, this is Babylon. And then there's uh, the, the third one is, is, made, is, is this great image, which is probably Greece. And then you have the Roman, but then it says, uh, verse 34, you watched, I mean, Daniel chapter 2, while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them into pieces. The iron and clay was the bronze was crushed, the silver kingdom was crushed. The wind carries all these kingdoms away, but the little stone becomes the massive mountain kingdom, huh. and that's yeah. Christ. Mm -hmm. Because oh. a little stone, like David with Goliath, with yeah. the, comes against these different um, anti-God systems, strikes it, breaks it, but that's the fifth kingdom. Oh, what do you know? Yeah, that's the fifth kingdom. <laughs> I, didn't, I yes. didn't realize that. Uh -huh. Yeah. And of course, Jesus, when he's confronted <laughs> with the devil, yeah, in the uh, wilderness temptation, he'll quote from Deuteronomy. He'll take from the see the Deuteronomy is part of the first five books, what we call the Pentateuch. Pente means five. Right. Pentagon, pentagram, Pentecost, mm -hmm. fifty or five. Yeah. And the first five books is very significant because that's what they call the law or Moses. Uh, very very significant. If anybody's listening this morning, would like to give us a call in. Uh, please give us a call. Also, if you want to maybe need more clarity, the radio, if it's uh, you're too far out of range, you can just go to www.nzn.org. Mm -hmm. And our phone number is here, 440-399-3044. Now, when you come to five, what's interesting, uh, John, when you talk about God's grace, the name John means God's graciousness or God's gift of God. Uh -huh. That's the name John, Johannes. And he, he writes five books hmm. in, the, in, the, in the New Testament. Yeah. You have the Gospel of John, the book of Revelation, and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. And it's display of God's grace through those first, those five books of John. I, I, I like that. And, you know, just to extend that with Jesus's name, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I like the fact that uh, Jesus's name has five letters but in Isaiah 9, 6, Jesus has five names. And in the spirit of Christmas, for us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Mm -hmm. So there's five. the five times yeah. through the whole thing. Exactly right. Yeah. You'll, you'll see that uh, repeated um, time and again. Now, if you look at John chapter 3, 16, which I mean is the uh, ultimate expression of God's grace to us, his giving, it will say, For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but everlasting. But that breaks down into five parts. Okay. Number one, yeah. for God so loved the world. That's the greatest emotion ever. That's the greatest attribute of God is love. For God so loved who the world mm -hmm. that he gave his only begotten son that's the greatest gift we could ever oh, heck yeah. when you think of Christmas oh. this is the greatest gift ever mm -hmm. that whomsoever that's the biggest invitation whomsoever mm -hmm. there's nobody beyond the grace of God that's mm -hmm. number three should not perish that's the greatest warning or the greatest rescue we should not perish but what but have everlasting life the greatest promise so yeah you five yeah uh, ingredients are oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, John three sixteen. Now, staying with that same thought, when you look at when Jesus encounters uh, Nicodemus in the previous chapter two, John uh, chapter two, John chapter two, what we see here is uh, to set the stage here. Of course, Nicodemus has heard about Jesus. He's coming to him. 
He's a ruler of uh, Israel. Uh, he's a teacher. It says in chapter um, uh, three, I'm sorry, chapter three, verse one. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night. So this man is re probably religious, moral, mm -hmm. leader, Jewish. He's got all these things coming to him. Yeah. He recognized something very special about Jesus. But Jesus, right from the beginning, says to him, you must be born again. Mm. Okay, this is a very important command mm -hmm. to religious people today. Many people could, could go to church, they could sing in the choir, they could do, give money, whatever. But you have to first, these are all good things, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But first and foremost, you have to be born again. Mm -hmm. You have to have the Spirit of God. Uh -huh. So he says here, if you go down, when he talks about um, when Moses uh, lifted up the, in the wilderness, you'll see that. Just go down a little bit and look at verse 14 of chapter 3. If you read 14 through 15. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of God, Son of Man, be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. See, that's like John 3, 16. Yeah, because what? Right. Uh, number one, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, number mm -hmm. two, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. There's two. Three, that whoever believes in him, there's your third component, mm -hmm. should not perish for, but have everlasting life. Yeah. You see that it's a yeah. repetition, yeah. John 3, 16, but it comes from an incident thousands of years earlier in the wilderness when the God's people were being attacked by serpents. So, and again, that's mm. God's grace. Yeah. They couldn't help themselves when they were being bitten by serpents. Right. Only God's plan. Just like there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. Some people think, well, if I just do enough good deeds or if I give enough money away, those are good things, but that's not the issue. Mm. The issue is to have that relationship with God uh, through Jesus Christ. So, yeah. that, that, as, we, as we move along, uh, in this, you'll see that um, the the thing about this is is that the fact that uh, God gives us grace because we cannot help ourselves in this whole matter. And you'll see this, for example, in the book of Ruth, mm -hmm. uh, which is a clear demonstration of God's grace to this poor little girl named Ruth, um, and who meets this man named Boaz that's ultimately going to marry her. But the fifth time you see Ruth the name Ruth mentioned, it's about finding favor with God. It's in Ruth chapter 2, verse 10. And then, uh, the fifth time that the name Boaz, again, it's mentioned that, that finding the grace of God. Yeah. The fifth time the word Noah is used in the scripture, it says, and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So what I'm getting at is that as you study these things, you see, like, like a pattern emerges, and it's a real easy way uh, to remember the different things that God has, uh, has kind of showed us here. You know, John, I was thinking about uh, this uh, um, last night about, you know, how we get up in the morning. And, you know, we've talked about spiritual warfare. We're now on numbers and, you know, about getting God's grace. And one of the things that I've been trying to do before my feet hit the ground is I think about what I'm thankful for. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways to get your armor on is to let God know, to insulate you from the enemy. It's to let God know how thankful you are mm -hmm. for the gifts that he is giving you and, and the, the bounty that he's given you. Mm -hmm. uh, even if, 
even if you're struggling to figure out what that is, I mean, I, I do the simple things. I thank him for our family's health. Mm. Uh, I thank him for the sun coming up this morning. I thank him for, you know, uh, whatever the small details are. Um, and I think that's part of receiving his grace, right, John? Yep. Is being thankful for it. Mm -hmm. and, and that, in essence, will help you put the armor on. Um, at, at least, at least that's something that I think we discussed, and that's that's one way to do it and to show him that we're thankful for his grace. That's exactly right. I mean, because the more you you are conscious of God's grace, what it means is undeserved favor. We didn't deserve it, but He gives us to us, and that's hard for people to take sometimes because we live in a culture today. We want to do it for ourselves. We want to do it, uh, pull myself up my bootstraps. These are not bad things, but when it comes to salvation, all you can do is receive. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, John, uh, in terms of, you know, how we feel sometimes, you know, we talked about the five senses. Mm -hmm. Paul, you know, and a lot of people think the five senses are really a negative to us. Why did God give them to us if they're going to get us down a deviant path? Mm -hmm. But Paul says... Having your senses to discern both good and evil. If you look at Hebrews 5.14, mm -hmm. um, both solid food belongs to those who are at full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. It can be a gift. They're gifts. They're, they're not a negative. So, so what does this mean, exercise to discern good and evil? We often think that the only thing we can do about our senses, the physical part of our being, is struggle against them. Right. We must kill them off. However, it's not what the Bible really teaches us. We, we have to, it does tell us to crucify our flesh, but this does not really mean we have to kill our senses. We need them uh, as long as we are in these bodies to function in the world, and we can do good with them. We can see the good. And, and so th that's where the, fence, the, the senses are valuable, exactly. and they have a positive attribute. Yeah, I mean, what we do with our senses essentially is... Um Glorify God. Yes. That's why it'll say in Romans, um, use the members of your body uh, to glorify God. Mm -hmm. Not like we used to use them for sinful purposes. Yeah. And that's why it'll say in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Right. You know, acceptable mm -hmm. unto God. And then the second verse is, um, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So yeah. it's that idea of we want to use our senses because when we become a Christian, our eyesight, actually you start to see the beauty of God's creation. Mm -hmm. You're hearing, you start hearing the voice of God. You start seeing it. You know, you, you, yes. And, and it's just uh, all the way around. You start heightening your senses. So. It, it, and so basically what happens is we become mature Christians, and I'm not there yet. I'm working on it, but um, we, you know, we should not have to struggle with our senses. Um, we see something that's not right when we're mature. The senses will turn away. It's almost like automatic. Like we know almost immediately this is the wrong path. Mm -hmm. Now, I will tell you that um, I am getting better at that, and I am seeing quicker now, you know, like where I should be going. Right. And I think maybe that's what that means. And as you get more mature like you, the funny thing about you since I've, I've known you and I've walked with you is you have these blinders on that are titanium. I mean, you know, like you're just like, oh, yeah, that, that's just whatever going on over there. And you just stay down the path. I'm not there yet, but, you know, it, it's really, I think that's what we're talking about is you are really a, a mature Christian well, in I your walk. we're all in process. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're all growing. Right. <clears throat> Even your great apostle Paul says, uh, 
have me forget those things behind mm -hmm. me. I press toward that calling of the high calling in Christ Jesus. We're all on this process of being conformed to the image of Christ. And as a matter of fact, when you talk about five, yeah. in Romans 8, chapter 22, you see five things God is doing um, for us. Uh, it's very interesting. Um, you look at uh, chapter 8, verse 29 and 30. 29 and 30? You have that one? Uh -huh. okay, eight, 29 and 30? Please. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. So you see, he foreknew uh, us, yeah. he predestines us, <clears throat> he's conforming us, He's justified us, mm -hmm. and one day he's going to glorify us. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Yeah, that's, that's right. all things he's done for us. We can't do that for ourselves. No kidding. And yeah. you see, wow. see, five is often why five. You'll find five often used in philosophy and religions. Is it was a way for even people that couldn't read to remember stuff. Mm -hmm. Like if you think of the five pillars of Islam, mm -hmm. there's five. Okay? Yeah. If you think of the noble truths of Islam, uh, uh, <clears throat> Buddhism, there's four. You know, yeah. Like, but you think of the Ten Commandments. There's five and five. Mm -hmm. So it's an easy way. Yeah. So if you were uh, a teacher or preacher and you're going into a remote village where they have very yeah. little written materials, it was very much an oral culture back then. They didn't have books. And you sat down, you could say, I want you to remember this, these five right here. Oh, okay. Now I want you to remember these five over here. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. So it's easy. And now they, you say, you go teach that to somebody. Yes. That's why even today we use these kind of Five or three. Well, you're in business. You know the yeah. power of three yes. or repeating mm -hmm. five. The five rules of success. Yes. Kind of thing. Yeah. Same thing with the scripture. Yeah. Well, you know, I can read, and I can tell you that since I've been studying the numbers, it, it has helped me put some things together in the Bible. There's patterns there mm -hmm. uh, to help us remember, just like you said. And so, uh, one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to put a binder together of all the different numbers and the implications of them yeah. because it's really a nice way to start your, your learning of the Bible and remembering where passages are and the sequence of them. Yeah, we're going to see that and we're going to also see going to areas like what's known mm -hmm. in Bible study as the uh, principle of first reference when something is mentioned for the first time in scripture yeah. like blood or death mm -hmm. or priest or sacrifice, often that has serious implications mm -hmm. and we'll look right. at the but, you know, coming back to five, of course, the ultimate gift or grace of God was when Jesus went to the cross for us. Oh, yeah. But then you see the five wounds of Jesus. Right. The hands, <clears throat> the two hands, the two feet, and the right. side wound. Yeah. And it was because of that yes. we have new life in Christ. It's through the shedding of blood. So, But there's five wounds. That right. Yeah, so you have the stripes on his back. Well, uh, the, the wounds, I mean, I'm talking about the puncture wounds. Is, oh, you're have, talking about the, the hands, yes. The two hands, the two feet. And the side wound, the puncture, yep. that's what really killed him. Got it, mm. right. So, uh, and again, you know, when you look at it, Jesus is what's called the second Adam in Romans chapter mm -hmm. 5 and uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Well, Adam, what did God do? He put him in a deep sleep. Yeah. And then he took off from his side uh, that which he fashioned to right. make his bride, and then he brought Adam up out of the sleep. Well, Jesus in his death, because yes. when he was... When, yeah. when he was stabbed, <clears throat> right. he was dead. Okay, he was dead already. They're just checking on him, but mm -hmm. the blood and water came out of his side. 
but it was out of that love that God would fashion the bride of Christ, that is, to be the church, and then he would rise him up, just like in type. He would rise him up again. Yeah, and, and that's an important one, John, and just if people want to reference that, it's John 19, 33 through 34. The brutal act was necessary to prove beyond a doubt that Jesus was dead with the pierced side, just as Adam's side was open to create his bride. Jesus' bride, the church, was born from his open side. Blood and water flowed from the wound, blood for remission, water for regeneration, blood for atonement, water for purification. Exactly right. Yeah, so, so that is so important. That's very and I didn't really realize that till the show yeah. when we were studying for this. Uh-huh. You get these pictures. We studied yeah. a little bit about types or pictures or metaphors in the Old Testament. We'll pick up on more of that, God willing, in uh, 2019. Yeah. Now, when you come to these five, when you look at Ephesians, how God distributes his grace, in Ephesians chapter 4, um, again, he's got, a, so to speak, a pattern uh, going on here, uh, and he distributes his gifts. If you look at Ephesians chapter 4, mm -hmm. and you read verse, let's say you start um, with verse 8 and 9. Wherefore he hath, wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended from into the lower parts of the earth? Okay, thank you, Ryan. You see where he ascends? This is Jesus' ascension. He's completed his uh, ministry or redemptive mystery uh, uh, on the earth. When he ascended on high, he led captivity. He gave gifts to man. He gave, that's grace. Yeah. Gifts is given that which you don't do. Mm -hmm. So what's some of these gifts he gives us? Well, look at verse 11. He himself gave what? Some apostles. One. And some prophet. Two. And some evangelists. Three. And some pastors. Four. And teachers. Five. <laughs> yeah. Now, we don't often think <clears throat> of these offices are gifts. Right. Mm. You ever think of your pastor as like a gift? Absolutely. But some people, yeah. yeah, but I don't like, he doesn't, <laughs> yeah, but, but he's a gift. Yeah. Not as gifts us with the apostles that laid a foundation, the prophets, evangelists. I mean, last year, Billy Graham died. You know how many people this guy spoke in front of? Like hundreds of people. Yeah. Still in South Korea. Yeah. But I'm just saying, there's still evangelists today going, pastors, teachers. You turn on the radios and you go to mm -hmm. the bookstore and you get some of these commentaries and stuff. These are gifted people that, that are giving us gifts because God has gifted them. Mm -hmm. But it's five offices. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Yeah. You see the consistency yeah. of this whole thing of gifts. Gifts, gifts. Um, and of course, it, it does speak of man's weakness, but it also has got to think of the parable of the ten virgins. Mm -hmm. Five were foolish. They didn't have the oil, which is a type of the Holy Spirit, they were foolish. Mm -hmm. But the other five were wise because they kept their lamps full. Mm -hmm. What, what? Well, the Holy Spirit, what God had given them, the grace. But well, you see this idea of five uh, being represented there. <clears throat> and so, um, you know, go on, David. Well, no, I, I, I was just, um, you, you were reading that. So through those five outlets goes forth the gospel of Jesus Christ. I never... I never thought that, that those five outlets that all of us have an opportunity to fit in in there oh, yeah. and through God's grace, I mean, you know, like me sitting here on the radio show with you, how did that happen? So it's kind of the same thing. It's through God's grace that um, that I'm here. Um, 
and by walking next to you, I'm able to be here so that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to fit into one of those uh, blocks. But I never would have imagined that was possible, and I think that's something that as new Christians, we have to realize everything is possible with God. Amen. And, you know, in Matthew 28, the biggest thing that we are set on this planet to do from Jesus is to create, you know, help create disciples. Right. And and so that's why we fit into one of those categories to do his good work. Yeah. That's what this is all about. Right. Mm. And he doesn't leave us alone. He no. Us yes, he does. You know, Bobby, you grew up in the church. Yeah, pastor. Absolutely. You know yeah. the pastor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They become like almost like a father figure. Absolutely. You know, yeah. they, they nurture them right. here, they provide, they guide. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we should never <clears throat> minimize that. No. Right. We should just think, what if we didn't have that? What if we mm -hmm. lived in a place where they, they didn't allow churches, yeah. like right. different parts of the world? Right. Well, we're a very gifted people. You know, whenever yeah. I lived overseas for years and come back to mm -hmm. America, I go, oh, man. I mean, you go down the supermarket, yeah. down one aisle for dog food. It's longer than most supermarkets <laughs> are in the third yeah. world countries. I'm just saying. Right. But spiritually, <clears throat> we are so enriched people. Yeah, yeah we're very blessed. This radio station yeah. going, what, 24-7? Yes. Yeah. 20, am I right, Wes? That's correct. 24-7? Absolutely. But, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, through the word, through the music, through yes. the witness, through the special project, these are gifts. Yeah. And when you sit in church tomorrow, Think about it. You know, the choir is up there singing, the preachers doing you know, a, a, yeah. a sermon. You go to a Sunday school class, <clears throat> somebody's prepared a lesson. That's a gift. Yeah. That's a gift. You know, I, I hate to, who was the old uh, song in the 1960s? Carly Simon was it? You don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah. You take up, take, uh, take down Paradise and put up a parking lot. Yeah. Tear down all the trees, put them in a tree museum and charge people five dollars to see them. But it's, yeah, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Mm -hmm. You know, we got yeah. gifts here. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, and I think the biggest gift is once you start to walk in the Word, you realize what a tremendous gift it really is. And you want to see more of it yeah. in your life and in other people's lives. And so, um, you know, you know, being a sinful man, and, you know, I still have my, my issues. Um, it, it, this helps you move forward, though. In, in the right path. And, you know, it's going to take a while to, I mean, John, your walk and what you've accomplished in your 40 years of missionary, you know, it, it it's it's incredible. Well, and, I you know, you, you, you've had your up, ups and downs, I know, but mm -hmm. it's just incredible to watch how you're able to block out stuff and just stay down that path. Well, thank God. I mean, like I said, we're all on the path and we, we're, we help each other, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But talking about communicating God's word. Right. Mm -hmm. Um I mean, one reason we come together like this on Sunday, Saturday morning is that we can get better yep. to communicate God's Word. That's what Paul says if we come back to this number five. Yep. First Corinthians chapter 14, okay. verse 19. Chapter 14? First Corinthians chapter 14, okay. verse 19. Chapter 14, verse 19. Yet in the church, I had speak five words with with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. You see what he's saying? I'd like <laughs> if I could just speak five words with understanding mm -hmm. where people to hear or can get it. Mm -hmm. says five. Again, there we see that five. Yes. Grace issue. Yes. And that equal, why do you say 10 or 20? He mm -hmm. says five words. And again, with that idea of five is an indicator of God's grace. Mm. You know, you said to me, um, John, uh, last week on the way back, you said, and I wrote this down, 
uh, with a few words, we can transform someone's eternity. Yeah, right. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's powerful. And you you, something yeah. Small. Think of it in your own life. Yeah. Somebody could have just said something very small to you, mm -hmm. a short little statement, yeah. a word of encouragement, mm -hmm. and it can change you. Right. It can change you. Right. You see, that's the power of the spoken word. Mm -hmm. That's why I always say big doors swing out of little hinges. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Big doors swing out of little hinges and open up the big rooms of opportunity. I mean, how many of us have gotten an email, a phone call, an introduction, and all of a sudden, absolutely, am I right? Well, absolutely, all this big wide room of opportunity you never yeah. saw before. Right. Absolutely, yeah. That's why you never despise the day of small beginnings. Mm -hmm. That's the scripture. Mm -hmm. All great things start small. Mm -hmm. I mean, who would have thought that the God of the universe, the Creator, that mm -hmm. heaven and heavens can't contain Himself, yeah. will be born in a in a in a cave or a or a uh, you know, a shelter, mm -hmm. you know, an animal shelter, and and his and his bed is is a is a is a manger, you right? Where animal, a trough, you know. I mean, at mm. night, you yeah, know, they're kind of like almost like a refugee family that mm -hmm. can't find housing. Who would have thought that? You know, when I'm in Thailand, you go to see the royal palace, the museums there. They have one room where back hundreds of years, when the prince was born, when the king's the mm -hmm. king and the queen's uh, son was born, little baby. They, they have this this cradle that's got jewels and diamonds and yeah. it's got a mosquito net they made out of silk. <laughs> oh. You can still see it. That's that's how you bring royalty. Mm -hmm. that is, Isn't that something? With shepherds yeah. being the first to come to the waiting room and see this little, you know, but he broke the skies open. Yes, he did. And yeah. the world has never been the same. Never been the same. You know, and, uh, and, and so, that, everything great starts small. Yeah. And just because of the way he came into the world, and what he did for us on the cross and with the resurrection is the reason that I'm here today. Mm, and you know, and and one of the one of the key reasons for that is every day, um, you know, I wake up now and I'm thankful for things I just took for granted. Yeah. And so it, it's a much different walk. Uh, it's a much, it's a much more exciting walk. Mm. It's a much more. Um, adventurous walk in a good way sure. so you know life is different now mm. I have no idea how I did it before where the weeks would just click along and then I'm into Saturday night mm -hmm. and I'd start another week but it was really unfulfilling mm. sure I was getting stuff done and I was busy mm -hmm. and no question like the rest of the world but this is this is what makes the weeks worthwhile now is to prepare to be in the word to do these things to see his grace to see what he did to open the gates of heaven for us. And that's what Christmas is all about. Mm -hmm. And that's what Easter is all about. Mm -hmm. And that's what Thanksgiving is all about. Mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah. so and so they're all tied together in, in a meaningful way now where life is so enriched for my family and I uh, now mm -hmm. versus where it was eight years ago. Yeah, and, and mm -hmm. the, the thing of it is, is, is you keep drawing on these spiritual resources. Mm -hmm. And what people don't realize when you're outside the kingdom looking in for the right. Lord's is there's real tangible benefits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen that this past year. Mm -hmm. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't right. ask about favor, yes. opportunity, career, mm -hmm. uh, the right appointment, yeah. the right situation, the mm -hmm. right book I should get. Those, right. those are tangible. Um, we pray in missions about visas, about uh, mm -hmm. access into a given city or uh, use of technology, mm -hmm. just like this radio station. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of these things, we're not praying abstract mm -hmm. prayers. Mm -hmm. We're talking tangible Absolutely. prayers yeah. you can see and feel. Yes, but coming to God's grace, do you remember what you said about Joseph when uh, the brothers come to see him in Egypt? 
and Benjamin, who his natural brothers. Yeah. Are. Yeah, but yeah, he gives him uh, five times the clothing, five times the food five times the that food. the other people have at the table. Right. Yeah, right. Again. Mm -hmm. Five, five, five. Right. And again, five can indicate man's weakness, like mm -hmm. five uh, uh, foolish versions of five right. wise versions. Right. right. Yeah. There's that five inadequacy. Mm -hmm. The sixth man she was not married to, it's just what Jesus says. But the seventh man, yeah, she was talking to that day, and he would give her living water, and she would find something she can never find in her previous life. Amen. See, so you get this, you move along in scripture with numbers, mm -hmm. but what I like, it puts it in our mind, mm -hmm. and we can remember these biblical truths and these things in a lot easier way, <laughs> which I like. You know, it's just mm -hmm. a, an easy way to. Uh, what do you think of the, the famous miracle at the Pool of Bethesda? Which is interesting about the Pool of Bethesda is there's five porches there. Yeah. And you, they discovered this thing about 20 years ago. They didn't think this pool was there, and archaeologists dug it up. You've been to Jerusalem. Yes. Yeah. The yes. Pool of Bethesda is there. You can you can see this thing, and it's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. really quite amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean. No, we can go on and on. Yeah, we can. Uh, yeah, can, can I touch on one yeah, more before? Sure. I know you have to close a little early today. Yeah. Um, but the fifth commandment tells us to honor our father and mother. So when you think of the Ten Commandments, the, there's two tablets, and on each side there's five commandments. Uh -huh. But the real thing about that is it's rooted in the structure of God's creation, uh, uh, given the authority that we're supposed to show uh, in the world. So we're supposed to honor that father and mother, uh, because of, of the knowledge base. Right. And, you know, and by doing that, as parents, we're supposed to honor God, our Father in heaven. And, you know, and then we come back to Jesus, who was the perfect uh, child by honoring his earthly parents, which he did, and he's the Son of God right. and the Heavenly Father. So, um, you know, he was submitting to their care and authority in Luke 2, 51. Mm -hmm. When he was grown, he provided for the future care of his mother right before he died mm -hmm. by telling his disciple John to treat her as his own mother, John 19, 26. Mm -hmm. And then by obeying his father, he went to the cross, the ultimate act of obedience, and died for our sins. Exactly right. So, so he kept the organization of the Ten Commandments, and he was the perfect child, which Adam couldn't be. And, and so I like how that fifth commandment ties in back to creation and back into giving us eternity with him in heaven because of his obedience. Exactly right. And so there you have it. You know, I mean, we look at this whole thing of um, how grace is being displayed mm -hmm. uh, time and again in the scripture. And, and the fact that God gives us uh, this grace, uh, unmerited favor, and we should we should. Think about that. I think as we go yeah. into this Christmas season, right? Uh, again, the acronym for grace is God's riches yes. at Christ's expense. And to realize mm -hmm. that uh, even like um, in uh, Genesis chapter 28, when God makes these promises to Jacob, he gives him five things. He says, I'm going to promise you the land. I promise I'm going to be with you. Mm -hmm. I promise I'm going to keep you wherever you go. In other words, protection. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring you back again, even though you're going out. Now. And I promise never leaving our forsaken. Yes. Five promises. Yeah. In, in uh, Genesis. What if Jacob wasn't a good guy? Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't deserving, I guess, like all of us. <laughs> but he's getting up. Like, look at the promises we get. Uh, some days, uh, in Sunday school, I do a whiteboard. I says, look at we. Yeah. It's, it's, I close on this note. Because that's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, 
He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. It's called in theology the great exchange. Look what we gave Jesus. Look what I gave Jesus. My sin, my guilt, my wasted years, my bad example, uh, all of this shame, and I, I gave that to him. He took that on the cross, right? Yeah. Look what he gives us in exchange. Yeah. Forgiveness, peace, joy, purpose, power. The indwelling Holy Spirit, yeah. the ability to open up scriptures, yeah. brothers and sisters in Christ, yes. here and around the world, Absolutely. building me a home in heaven, yeah. name written in lands of power over the demonic. Yes. So again, thank you, Wanda. You're so welcome. Today. You're very welcome. Taking your time to come every Saturday. Sure. Yeah, David, thanks, Wanda. You're welcome. Uh, thank you, David. Oh yeah, you, David. it's a pleasure. One more week, and then mm -hmm. I want to get into the prophecies in Christmas. Okay. Okay, so we'll do one more week in numbers, and then we'll do the prophecies yeah. in Christmas. And we got some special guests coming in. God willing, yeah. in 2019. Terrific. Thank you again for listening. Again, this is 89.1 FM Radio. Coming to you from Lorraine, Ohio. And uh, have a great week. Absolutely. Uh, we'll be thinking uh, this week uh, about God's grace. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, how blessed we are. Five, yeah. yeah. As you study about God's grace, think of that number five. Every time you look at your hand, yeah. I think of God's grace. <laughs> yeah. You know, and your somebody, toes. Somebody says, you know, baby is born into this world with his hands clenched. Yeah. It takes our whole lifetime to get that hand open. Yeah. And extend it to our brothers there and sisters. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. God bless you. God bless you. Have a good week. God bless you. We're leaving.